0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I want to hear scary. cannons. Outfield, caught, ball to the five, touchdown Tampa Bay. My, Evans does it again. Fire the
1: cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off, and who else? Rondae Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers
0: may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third 18, dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon, Those up in the head, He's it. the side! It Derrick, brook. Derrick Brooks, thirty. Brooks to the twenty-five. He's, He's going. Derrick Brooks, on the way. There
1: it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And yeah, there are the cannons Cannon. go. Fire them. Keep, yeah. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing
2: them. We are back live with another episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host. From Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill, and a special guest. Been a long time since we have talked to this guy, but pleasure to have him back as we preview this week's matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans. From ESPN Radio, our good friend Greg Larner joins us to talk all things Titans. Happy Friday, guys. Greg, how you doing, man?
0: I'm great, dude. It's great to be back. I appreciate you guys having me back on the show. Love getting an opportunity to chop it up about the Titans, talk football, and especially talk to you guys. And it seems like we're having sort of similar seasons here. Yeah, the Titans, obviously, a lot of upside with a
2: rookie quarterback. Will Levis has been doing a lot of the right things so far, so we'll dive into that. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, God, man, at this point, it's just going to feel good to win one. You know, four losses in a row after Todd Bowles said he doesn't want these to snowball, and since then, it's been a month straight of losing for the Pewter Pirates, so looking to turn that around this week as they are back at home taking on this Titans team. So let's get right into the injury report. At the top of things, for Tampa Bay, five players have been listed as questionable, but nobody officially ruled out as of yet. That is Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Logan Hall, Kalijah Kansi, and Trey Palmer. Now, I wanted to start this conversation talking about the cornerback room, the secondary for this Bucks team, who were called the worst secondary in the NFL this week by Hall of Famer Rondé Barber. So, Carlton Davis obviously spoke to the media this week, took a lot of ownership of his play last week against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. He took responsibility, which is obviously a mature move and something that we have not seen from a lot of these three and five bucks teams in the past where you still have players stepping up and taking accountability. It's not always a trait on a bad football team like this one in 2023, but between Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean being questionable, I have to think at least one of both of those guys are going to give it a shot, James. But regardless, whoever's out there, this is going to have to be a bounce back week for the secondary.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been the, the biggest conversation, right? Is, you know, how are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to respond after having a pretty bad loss, all things considered against the Houston Texans, Um, you know, letting CJ Stroud pick them apart. CJ Stroud's a very good quarterback, but as we've talked about, um, you know, rookie quarterback, you give him 40 seconds and he goes down there and gets the game winning touchdown against your secondary, a secondary that you're paying a lot of money to um, and, just didn't show up at the end of the day. The coaching staff has talked about it. The fan base has talked about it. The players have talked about it themselves. Um, yeah, it's it's going to have to be a bounce-back game for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. Um, as you know, Greg was talking about here before we started the show, um, they do have the benefit of Traylon Burks not playing in this upcoming game. He's still in the concussion protocol, I believe, right, Greg? Yep. Um, so that's going to be a, a bit of an interesting situation for this secondary. Traylon Burks, um, you know, has missed a couple of games this year. Wasn't necessarily high up on in terms of targets for the overall team. That's obviously still DeAndre Hopkins, um, but. Still a young, promising wide receiver is going to be out for the the Titans in this matchup. So it gives a little bit of a benefit there to the Buccaneers secondary. But as you said, they're also dealing with injuries of their own, um, which is not coming at a great time for whenever you really do need them to bounce back.
2: Greg, what's the overall feeling about Will Levis as your new starting quarterback moving forward? The Titans officially ripped the the Band-Aid off as far as Ryan Tannehill and and making the decision to move on from him after the injury left him sideline. Levis comes in that first week. He throws four touchdowns, three of them to DeAndre Hopkins, who has seemingly had a resurgence since Levis came in as well. Is the expectation from a lot of Titans fans that, hey, Levis is going to sling the ball all over the place? I mean, he's going to just throw the rock all over the yard after seeing what C.J. Stroud did to this Buccaneers defense last week, or do you think they come in with with maybe more of a balanced philosophy on offense?
0: Well, I'll answer the Will Levis uh, conversation first or question first about how we're feeling about him and what the – feeling is like around the Tennessee Titans nation and everybody's very excited. I think everybody going into it when it was all right, Ryan Tannehill is going to be out. Is it going to be Will Levis? Is it going to be Malik Willis? I think most people were leaning towards Will Levis um, in that regard, because he's rank Carthon's guy he traded up to go get him. And everybody very skeptical in the draft, kind of immature takes the mail with the coffee. It's kind of weird, kind of interesting. And I don't really know what to make of this guy. It seemed like he has maybe like a little attitude problem, but Honestly, since he's gotten an opportunity to start, I know you had the four touchdowns, no interceptions that first game, only the third player to be able to do it. Now, we take that with a grain of salt because Fran Tarkenton, yes, he did it. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. And then the other one was former Tennessee Titan great Marcus Mariota. So not really know where to, to lean there. I don't think anybody's ready to say, hey, he's going to be the the quarterback of the future, except for Pat McAfee he said, hey, we, we got our quarterback for the next 10 years. But I still think there needs to be more to be seen out of uh, Will Levis. But since he's got an opportunity to start in two starts... The second one not as good against Pittsburgh, and you you can understand that because the Pittsburgh pass rush is ferocious. Uh, The offensive line for the Titans, very leaky, to say the least, and to say it nicely. So... I think the biggest thing that st- stood out to me about him over his first two starts is his comfortability with running the offense and his ability to throw the football, stand in the pocket, you know, look pressure in the eyes. I mean, he got pressured a bunch in that Pittsburgh game and still was able to deliver some nice balls to, to opposing, you know, to, to his own wide receivers. So I think that aspect has been good about Will Levis. And it's nice not to have a dude that has to shot, put a football up there like Ryan Tannehill and can actually sling that thing and get it downfield I saw a heat chart of both Tannehill's passes and Will Levis's passes and Levis is kind of all over the place and obviously can throw the ball further than Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill was kind of like condensed right beyond the line of scrimmage and you know between zero and, and 10 yards so it's the biggest difference between those two guys and I think everybody's excited to see what he can do in terms of growing and things along those lines and I think the overall feeling about this game is that yeah they're going to come out there and they saw what cj shroud did last week against the tampa bay buccaneers defense and you're talking about how some of the cornerbacks are a little banged up i think it's right for the picking right now to go and attack some of those you know players in the secondary but this team also runs it i think at a yards per you know rush clip about second best in the nfl so far this year so while it is sort of the low-hanging fruit to go out there and, and sling the ball over the yard and whatnot I still believe they're going to have that balanced attack of, hey, we're going to give Derrick Henry the rock. That's going to help set up the play action with the young quarterback, and we're going to take our shots. And again, if the secondary is as leaky or banged up as it seems to be with Tampa Bay, they're going to find ways to, to make some plays. And Tim Kelly's going to get creative, and they're going to find some ways to exploit that secondary, much like I'm sure Tampa Bay will do with our secondary.
2: Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-5 and five against rookie QBs under Todd Bowles, including last week's performance against C.J. Stroud. So a little bit better than most fans would like to think, but a lot of Bucs fans are looking at another rookie quarterback on the slate for another week in a row, and it seems like you know, even with a positive record overall against rookie QBs, there's just something about it. I don't know what it is. Whenever a guy gets his first career start or he's a rookie quarterback who's still unproven, whenever they play the Bucs, it always seems like that week is the week where he really just tears the lid off of the defense and goes on an absolute tangent. You know, Brock Purdy beat the Bucks in his first career start last year, 35 to nothing, uh, all the way back in 2018. I don't think he was technically a rookie, but Mitch Trubisky had that one game where he threw five touchdowns against Tampa Bay, and he looks like a folk hero. He looked so good that Chicago eventually overpaid him. You know, there's a lot of things the Bucks have not done well against rookie QBs, and when we talk about how this week needed to be a bounce-back game for the Buccaneers' secondary, James. Not only that, I mean, it's got to be a bounce-back week for the entire defense. I am still firm in the belief that last week's performance, giving up almost 500 yards of total offense, I think that's an outlier. I don't think that's something that's going to happen every single week, knock on wood. But the lack of pass rush and Will Levis being so comfortable in the pocket that Greg talked about, it could potentially make for a long afternoon if, just like last week, the Bucks can't get any more pressure this week, James.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, right? Just regarding the Titans' offense. Um, one thing to Greg's point is, you know, Will Levis. Obviously, he had a fantastic game last week, and that is definitely worth talking about. And I know that that's going to be what a lot of people are focusing on. Is you know, he threw four touchdowns, no interceptions, great game against the Atlanta Falcons, and was able to come back and get that win. And and you know, that's going to be a main calling card, but. The main identity of this Titans team is still the rushing offense, right? Especially with, you know, a rookie quarterback at the helm. Again, to Greg's point setting up the run, you have Derrick Henry, you know, he's still going to be your main guy in that offense. And even a guy like Tajay Spears, I think has been really good in a limited capacity this year for the Titans. Um, Again, you know, talking about yards per average, Derrick Henry is at 4.4 Tajay Spears is at 5.5. When you have a rookie quarterback who only has two starts under his belt. Yes. He showcased that he can throw the football, but You don't want to put pressure on him, a ton of pressure on him. If you don't need to, that's where your running game comes in, which is still a very efficient running game, all things considered. Whenever you do look at the overall statistics, that is going to be a big point there for that Titans offense, right? Um, and, and it is just kind of an interesting, you know, I just wanted to get this point out. It's definitely like kind of a, a what could have been for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, right? Regarding Will Levis, because a lot of people in the draft had suspected that maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have taken him in round number one. Um, Will Levis fell to the second round. Even then, you know, the Bucs had opportunities to get Levis, didn't end up happening, right? Um, so this is definitely kind of a what could have been type of scenario for the Bucs as well. But to your point, Rhett, talking about the defense, talking about going up against this this Titans offense and, and looking back at last week. I do agree um, that last week's game, an outlier is one way to phrase it. Just having a bad game is another way to phrase it. Um, we've seen this defense keep the Bucs in games multiple times this year. Um, and I think that going forward, this is still a defense that can help keep the Bucs in games moving forward. Right? I would like um
2: I would like to think so as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just wanted no, no. to reference, you know, we, we talk about the Titans especially being a good running football team. And Derrick Henry, you mentioned his stats, 137 carries, 601 yards. So no signs of slowing down from big number 22, even though he was, you know, potentially a trade candidate for the Titans earlier this season. Uh, but the deadline came and went. But the last time the Bucks played a really good running football team was the Philadelphia Eagles who who put up over 200 yards on the ground against us uh, on primetime television. So again, you know, the question then becomes, what kind of run defense are you going to get from the Bucs? Because they have tightened up since that week and gone back to what made them so good in previous seasons, but you still don't really know what this matchup holds. Sorry, finish your thought, though. I didn't mean to pounce on you.
1: No, 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 that's all good. Point being, though, is that, yeah, the defense, you know, psh- is looking to have a bounce back game and they can do so that's that's the important part to remember right it's it's not going to be an overall situation where moving forward even throughout the remainder of this season not just this upcoming game where you know hopefully (laughs) you know they're not giving up 40 you know 39 points per game right because that wouldn't be a very good situation um but what we've seen from the past um this season alone, yes, I agree that last week was an outlier and y- you definitely look for that defense to rebound here moving moving into this game.
2: Yeah, Greg, your thoughts on uh just the run game of Tennessee. You know, you talked about not only Derrick Henry but the uh the presence of of uh Spears in there as well getting some snaps on the rotation. They look fine with a rookie QB. It's obviously great when you have a run game that can work. One of the biggest reasons the Bucks offense hasn't worked this year is because they just have proven they don't have a competent run game week in and week out. But Derek Henry showing no signs of slowing down. So so what do you think about I guess their approach to the run this week?
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier, I, I do think, yeah, they're their Tennessee sees what we're talking about in terms of the Buccaneers secondary and in a potential spot to be able to take advantage of it. But like you guys were talking about, like James mentioned it that They still have Derrick Henry. And while I personally believe they probably should have traded him away to get some assets to build for the future because you're not going to win this year with him, you can lose without him as well and let Tajay Spears go. But they kept him. And Will Levis earlier this week talked about how important Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins are to his growth and his development. And that's only the reason – that's one of the only reasons why I'm glad that they kept them because that gives Will Levis a better chance to grow and develop with good players around him. So – you lean on Derrick Henry, obviously. Tajay Spears has been a nice compliment. Uh, dude with no ACLs is fine. Like he still is able to, to maneuver around. And if you don't have an ACL, you can't tear it. So I guess that's a good thing for Tajay Spears. And uh, you know, he's been very shifty and again, just a good compliment. And I think they've given him a little bit more run than I would have anticipated, but still, Derrick Henry doesn't have as much tread on the tire. And I think this is helping keep him fresh a little bit to allow a guy like Tajay Spears to mix in. And Honestly, with a you know fantasy team that I have that's a little bit banged up and, and bye weeks are killing me right now, I'm going to have to play Tajay Spears. So I hope that he gets some run against this Bucks defense. Um, I know that uh, the Bucs don't have a great rushing offense and the Titans' rushing defense hasn't been very good. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But no, Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry, and Tajay Spears has been a nice compliment.
2: Taking a look at the Titans' offense and, and visualizing some matchups for the Bucs, I, I think one of the biggest key matchups this week – Well, one of the biggest key matchups every single week is going to be at the trenches. But this week, I think for the Titans, that offensive line is going to make or break whatever they try to do on offense. You talked about how they have a notorious reputation for being uh, leaky at times, which which is never great for an NFL offensive line. But we've also talked about the pass rush struggles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially trying to bring four down linemen. Something's got to give this week. Uh Kalija Cancy popped up on the injury report as questionable. Logan Hall did return to practice this week, but aside from Kalijah Kansi and Vita Veya, you know, the Bucks really don't have a strong presence in that interior defensive line. And we have some edge rushers that are clearly underperforming as well. I bring up the... D tackles first and foremost because Vita Vea leads the team in sacks. I think Kalijah Kansi, even though he's only played a handful of games, is like top four, top three in pressures up until this point. Uh, so those guys doing a better job of getting pressure than the edge rushers they have, but something's got to give. I, I Like I said earlier, I think if the pass rush looks a lot like it did last week and we don't see any creativity from Todd Bowles on how to attack the QB, who is another rookie quarterback who, to be fair, has not looked nearly as poised or comfortable as C.J. Stroud has. If nothing changes, and Will Levis goes out there and throws for over 350 yards on the Bucks, ah, oh, oh, oh man, it's not going to be a fun conversation next week on this podcast. But I, I do think that is going to be uh, the million-dollar question on Sunday is, is what gives way first, that Titans offensive line or that Buccaneers pass rush. James, what do you think about the Buccaneers defense coming into this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it best. That's been a pretty big conversation for the Bucs defense has been, yes, Todd Bowles loves to blitz, right? He he is still very much up there in terms of blitzing frequency um, on the year defensively, but you've got to get pressure whenever you can't blitz or whenever you you don't blitz. And right now, as it stands, the Bucs haven't been able to do that this year. Shaq Barrett has had some good moments here and there, but overall, he's had a bit of a down year. Jotron Shoenka, I think has struggled mightily this year. Yes, bringing back Kansi is a very big help, or him returning from injury, I guess I should say. Yes, having Vitavea there helps as well, but you need to start seeing more from specifically your outside linebackers and and maybe even your your couple of your defensive ends as well. Right now, I I would say that your your best pass rushers are Vitavea and Kansi oh, When if
2: And Devin White, I mean, God forbid you throw Devin White at the quarterback a couple of extra times this week. He got his first sack of the season. A guy who averages over five a year from the linebacker spot got his first sack of the season last week against Houston, and that's simply because you mentioned Todd Bowles loves to blitz. He does, but he's dialed it back quite a bit this year, and I think we have seen uh, in some of these ugly losses you know, where that just leaves this defense looking vulnerable, especially last week.
1: Yeah, and, and point being is that you know the the outside guys, the rotational guys, Anthony Nelson, Yaya Diaby, you know they've got to play better. Greg, you know, had talked about the um, Titans' offensive line being a little bit leaky. I believe Nicholas Petit uh, Frere is is out this week. Greg, is that correct? He he and uh, Daniel Brunskill are both out. Right. So the Titans are now even more vulnerable at the offensive line. Um, I don't care who it is at quarterback. Right. Um, it's always going to help whenever you get pressure on the quarterback. Right. Um, whenever we do see situations where even rookie quarterbacks can come in and really pick apart a defense of whenever they have time to throw the football, right? You give any NFL caliber quarterback time to throw the football, he's going to find the guy who's open, right? So it, it, a big key for the Bucks defensively this week is can you get pressure, um, on without blitzing right force a force a quarterback to make mistakes in the case of will Levis, a guy who hasn't had a lot of experience so far up to this point to greg's point he did do good whenever he was getting pressured but still forcing a quarterback to make mistakes getting pressure is always going to help out your defense and that's going to be a a very big point for this bucks defense in this game i think
2: before we talk about the other side of the football greg do you have any players this week on the titans offense that you think could surprise some people like I I know that you look at this depth chart and we talked about the injuries before the big names are all there everyone's going to be focused on Will Levis Derek Henry DeAndre Hopkins but something about the Bucks you know it seems like a really good week for a guy like Kyle Phillips to all of a sudden have 150 yards you know
0: You know, people, that's funny you say Kyle Phillips because people have been clamoring for Kyle Phillips, including myself, to do something, you know, just at least be able to stay on the football field. It seemed like he was going to be another one of those Adam Humphrey deals that, you know, have a lot of expectations and doesn't live up to them very, very much. So. He, he finally showed up a little bit last week against the Steelers, and, and Will Levis this week talked about how he's developed some chemistry with a guy like him, kind of throwing off to the side, and while he wasn't the starter and things like that, and Phillips was working his way back, that was big for them, so it seems like they have some pretty good chemistry. I'm also looking at a guy like Chigakonku this week. I, I don't know exactly how good Tampa Bay is against tight ends, but... I'd like to think that, hey, without Traylon Burks there, this is a guy that's athletic. We've expected, I expected a lot out of him coming into this season after he had a nice rookie campaign last year along with Austin Hooper. I thought he would be thrust into there to be the guy, especially without too many receiving options outside of DeAndre Hopkins or possibly a guy like um, Traylon Burks who hasn't proven to stay healthy again. So I would look at Kyle Phillips right about that. I'm not quite sure about 150 yards, but if he gets to somewhere between like 50 and 70, I think that would be good. If he can sneak into the end zone, amazing. But I'm looking for Chigakonku to eventually get into the end zone because uh, he hasn't scored very many touchdowns, if any at all, this year, I don't think, and uh, he hasn't had a huge impact. He's had a problem with drops and things like that. So if that Tampa Bay defense is like, hey, we're taking away DeAndre Hopkins, I don't care what anybody else does, then those are a couple of the guys that I would look to or towards, especially without a guy like Traylon Burks out.
2: Yeah, the tight end pick is always a good one, too, because it, it could be – and it's been this way for years for some reason, but you could have the widest, slowest tight end in the NFL and some way, somehow, he's going to find a way to get open with nobody 20 yards between him against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It happens every single week, but a couple of players to keep an eye on for sure on the Titans offense this week, especially ones that you may not see coming. Let's talk about the other side of the football. Now for the Bucks, it's another week in a row where people are going to be looking at Baker Mayfield, but James... As we open up the offensive conversation, we talk about the quarterback play of Baker Mayfield so far. Uh, It seems like people are always quick to pile on. I mean, most fan bases are fickle. Most people are quick to write a guy off, especially if they are a Florida Gator or Kyle Trask fan. But I expect another good game from Baker this week. Like, I don't think that's too out of line to say. I think he has played well. And uh, while he hasn't been the Messiah that a lot of people wanted him to be for this offense... He certainly is not one of the main reasons they've been struggling this year
1: no i mean this is something that i've you know i i've been talking about baker for the past couple of weeks where i've brought up the idea of like hey right now as it stands baker's playing well enough to consider keeping him after this season right the biggest thing that you're seeing is not turning over the football right we've seen that plague the bucks in the past um and now you're you're kind of seeing the reverse there where baker you know he's not losing you games is the most important thing right that's that's a very important aspect as to what's going on for this tampa bay buccaneers offense is it always efficient in putting up say 25 30 points a game no but uh it's still an offense that can still keep you in games to a certain degree um and isn't making mistakes to lose you games either, which I feel like is very important.
2: Well, they have made some mistakes to lose them games in the past. And I will say that, you know, of the list of things that have to be cleaned up on the offensive side this week, penalties has got to be one. Those have not gotten better. Those became an issue like four or five weeks ago. And ever since then, it just hasn't stopped. Like it was kind of weird. I thought it was going to be an awkward phase they went through. I didn't expect it to show up almost halfway through the season be an issue. I thought it was going to be like a week's one through four kind of issue with all these pre-snap penalties. Um, but that's got to be cleaned up. And, you know, Dave Canales is a play caller. He's got to be more creative this week. I mean, let's face it. Last week was the best offensive performance we've seen so far, and they still found a way to lose, which means the Bucks maybe are not as good of a team as a lot of people thought they were. But with that being said, it doesn't change the fact that this week you still have to show us something on offense that we have been craving for weeks on end, and that is just consistency, I think is a way to put it, because even though the Bucks put up almost 40 points last week, in that third quarter, the offense was non-existent. You know, we're, we're talking about potentially over 300 passing yards for Baker Mayfield, or even another 50 yards for Rashad White, who has two games back-to-back with over 100 yards from scrimmage, if the Bucs just don't completely brain fart in the third quarter last week. And and that loses them the game in the long run. They had a chance. They had multiple chances to put Houston away and they could not do it. So this week, you know, it's not going to be perfect. They're not going to be scoring 35, 40 points again, but you have to take advantage of the opportunities you're given. And when you have a chance at a short field, or let's say the defense gets you a turnover or, You're in scoring position. You're in the red zone. The red zone offense has not been good this year. There's a lot of things that they certainly have to button up and do correctly this week, but uh, I I would like to think that, you know, Baker goes out there and and plays another solid game. Now we can transition and start talking about the running backs as well. I mentioned it before. Rashad White, two weeks in a row with uh, over 100 yards from scrimmage, he's becoming more and more of a factor in the pass game every single week. James when you look at the Bucks' offense coming into this week, what do you think the biggest priority for them is going to be? Do you think it's going to be getting Rashad White more involved this week in the ways that they have in previous weeks? Do you think they're going to continue to try and stay stubborn with the run game because that's how they've won some of these games before, but last week they also proved they can throw the ball. So so what do you think they're thinking this week?
1: It means finding balance, I think, is the most important thing. Um, whenever we have seen this team find some semblance of a balance uh, that's whenever the offense is most potent right um whenever you're you're able to run the football well enough and then also still have some success passing the football that's when we've seen this offense be at its most successful so i think i don't necessarily know if it relies on one specific aspect of the offense or the other versus run versus pass i think the main thing is to to be able to find a balance there Right. If, if they become one dimensional, if they become, you know, if the run game doesn't work and the passing, you know, they're forced to pass the football more. It's you're just not going to have success. We've seen that time and time and time again from this offense so far this year and it hasn't worked. So I think that's going to be the most important aspect is to for them to be able to find some some balance in the offense and. Just kind of build on what they had last week, I think, is going to be huge. I think last week's a very good offensive blueprint for what you expect from this Bucks offense and how you can see this offense have success is whenever you, to your point, Rhett, get a guy like Rashad White involved multiple ways in the offense, have a balanced rushing attack and a balanced passing attack. That is where you're going to find success is, is with balance there.
2: Greg, this is where I wanted to toss it over to you as we get into the Battle of the Trenches once again. This Buccaneers offensive line, you know, it, it's uh, not quite the turnstile it has been in previous seasons, which is good. Tristan works making the jump over to left tackle. Aaron Stinney, the big news this week is that Aaron Stinney, who is filling in at left guard for the injured Matt Filer, seemingly has that job until he doesn't. Uh, seems like regardless of Filer's injury status, he is doubtful this week, but next week he should be back with the team. Uh, That's going to be Stinny's job until he loses it, which is good, but an unproven depth guy, and he has looked good in the past. He's looked good these past couple of games, but week in and week out, once you start to get that consistency of playing every week, that's when some of those guys get exposed. So the interior of this Buccaneers offensive line has been an issue so far this season. Robert Hainsey, not a natural center, uh, playing at right guard, rookie Cody Malk, and then Luke Gedeke has been pretty good at right tackle, all things considered, but when you look at this pass rush for the Titans, Greg, a couple of injured pieces here and there, but you still got Jeffrey Simmons, who is massively talented along that defensive line. Uh, Taylor Tart playing nose tackle, I think is how you pronounce his first name. But, yep. you know, what do you see on this pass rush and, and what kind of test do you think that's going to be for the Bucs O-line this week?
0: Well, if you're telling me the interior of the Bucks' O-line is the the weakness, then you all might have a problem because yeah. that is the strength of the Titans' defensive line. It has been in the middle there with Big Tier Tart uh and obviously with Bay- Big Jeff Simmons. He just got the bag. He just got paid. Uh, he's ferocious. He's kind of that step below Aaron Donald, and we're kind of waiting for him to really take that next step. And again, if you're telling me the interior is weak for that defensive line, for offensive line, for the Bucs, That's where Tennessee might be able to eat. Now, Arden Key was a guy who was brought in here um, this past offseason as a guy to potentially be able to rush the passer. He's basically been non-existent, just two and a half sacks this year. Harold Landry working his way back from a, a torn ACL and getting comfortable more and more each week as the season goes on. And he's been good. Uh, but like I said, those two guys in the middle. And then Danico Autry, to me, is like the most underrated guy along this defensive line. He's the one who's produced the most production. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't trade him at the trade deadline. He is a productive piece, young 30s, veteran guy, can really help a, a potential contender this year. And surprised they didn't go out there. Maybe they were asking for too much in terms of what Rand Carthon was looking for for Danico Autry as an expiring contract player. But those are the guys that I would look out for. And again, they should be able to exploit that middle. I'm not really concerned. They really haven't got a lot of pressure off the edge. So if Shane Bowen and Mike Vrabel being the defensive minded coaches that they are are smart and you're what you're saying is true, funnel everything in the middle. Let Harold Landry go up the middle a little bit more and from that linebacker spot. Send Aziz al a little bit in, in terms of uh shooting the gap up the middle, like you guys were talking about, Devin Light White coming on a blitz and things like that. So yeah, if you're telling me the middle's weak, I'm I feel pretty good about the Titans' chances to get at least a little bit of pressure on Baker Mayfield. Aziz al has been a
2: monster for you guys this season. But yeah, the middle excuse me, the interior of that offensive line is obviously where I worry because not only are some of those linemen just not entirely comfortable yet, but, you know, the run game becoming a factor for this Bucks team, that's why I'm hoping for more creativity from Dave Canales and a lot of these run schemes week in and week out. You know, I, we're not going to see a massive difference from one week to another. It's not like one week we're going to see Rashad White exclusively just run outside zone stuff and we start getting super creative and using him like an entirely different running back. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think it does need to be factored into the approach of uh uh just not giving them the ball and sending them up the A gap every single you time. You seem frustrated. Yeah, uh, you know, I, <laughs> the Bucs have been a frustrating team this year. I'm definitely not the only one who feels
0: this way, but Rashad White well, has proven to me. Can I can I can I say something that yeah, might make you feel better? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the Titans defensive, you know, the Titans defense is usually their strength is usually stopping the run, but They haven't been able to do that a lot this year. They're allowing about five yards to carry. So if you guys can get Rashad White going, I I feel like that is something that could be beneficial to helping Baker Mayfield, especially if that interior, the, the offensive line is weak. Get the running game going, get the defense on their heels a little bit more, not allow those linebackers to fly down as much. Or look, the Titans don't blitz a lot as well. They don't have a high blitz percentage in terms of their defense. So if you're able to get Rashad White going and you have to sort of stop the run, stop the run, send people to stop the run, then Baker Mayfield might be able to uh, get a little bit more comfortable. And again, I'm sure we'll get there, but the secondary, a little bit weak, going to be missing the former uh, Buccaneer great and Sean Murphy bunting this week. He's been ruled out. So, um, yeah, the, the secondary is a bit of an issue. So if you guys can run the football, that might be the recipe for success as well. My prediction is that if the Bucks get Rashad White going this week, it's
2: going to be a lot like it has these last couple of weeks where – it just, it happens in the pass game. And that's not a knock against Rashad White as a runner. It's just a knock on how the Bucks continually try to use him and the rest of the running backs in these running in this running back room as well. You know, Rashad White, he's just not that three down back that they taught him to be. I still think he has tremendous upside, and especially catching the ball. I'm glad that we finally started using this guy the way that they promised they were going to. But he just can't do it. You give him 20 carries a game, I don't know. I don't know if he gets 100 yards. I I really don't. But just like you said, a positive light for some Buccaneers fans looking for this run game to get going this week as the Titans just have not been great. But that's why I'm begging for the creativity, just like we said from Dave Canales and the rest of this offense as they get ready to play this game. You talked about the absence as well of Sean Murphy bunting. We'll trade you one Bucks legend for another. Don't forget you guys got Nick Folk as well who... Seemingly has been the best kicker in football since he left Tampa Bay all those years ago in, what, 2018 Um, (laughs) after losing us that game against the Patriots on Thursday Night Football. I'll never forgive him for that. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of reunions in Tampa Bay this week. It's unfortunate that Sean Murphy Bunting was listed as out, uh, but that'll be interesting to see. James, when you look at this Buccaneers offense this week and and really what they're going to try and dial in on, do you think kind of like Greg said, do you think this is finally the week where we see the door open for this run game? Or do you think it's going to be more of the same where we work Rashad White into the short passing game and Baker just has another high percentage day throwing the football?
1: Um, You know, it's going to depend. I mean, like to to Greg's point, uh Tayer tart, the, the interior defensive line of Jeffrey Simmons is so good. Um, Like they have a very good interior defensive line, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like to run inside. Uh, And while we have seen an improvement of that with Aaron Stinney in at guard versus Matt Filer, um, something that we've kind of brought up and talked about being one of those big changes that the team may be doing, you know, moving forward throughout the remainder of this season. um, It's going to depend on the creativity of Dave Canales and and how he's going to be able to, Attack what is admittedly a pretty big strength of the Titans. You know, you're going to have to get creative there. You're going to have to attack it at di- in different types of ways. So I think it does depend on on how Rashad White's going to be used. Um, it, it is where you're going to see uh, a different type of, you know, usage, different type of success. There it is all going to depend on play calling and and how Rashad White is used in those situations.
2: Hundred percent. All right. I want to wrap this thing up. I wanted to get into some score predictions. I think Greg is so excited to give a score prediction. He got up and left. He'll be back. Um, I, I really don't know how I feel about this game. This is this is one of the games so far this season where I just, I have the least amount of expectations, if that makes sense. Like, I, I really don't know what kind of team we're going to see on Sunday because, you know, the Bucks in 2022 were a bad team but it still felt like week in and week out. You didn't entirely know what you were going to get with the bucks being losers of their last four games, sitting at three and five after a three and one start as the weeks go by, I'm losing hope that they're going to show me something different week in and week out. You know, last week they showed us something different with the amount of points that they put up on the offense, but just like any bad team in the NFL, they found a way to lose that game. So in perfect Bucks timing, the week that the offense takes a step forward, the defense, who has carried us all year, takes two steps backwards. So I really don't know what kind of team you're going to get. Plus, the Bucks prove that they are a much better team on the road than they are at home this year, so that could be an advantage for Tennessee. You know, a, a lot of those fans travel well. I know there's a lot of Tennessee mm-hmm. transplants down here in Florida
0: as well. We're 0-5 so. on the road this year. <sighs> so
2: something's got to give. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this game that just seem like a tipping point. And for the Bucs, uh, I am not 100% sold that this is the week that everything gets figured out. But I don't know. I couldn't tell you the last time I was this negative headed into a game. I feel like a Debbie Downer, and I almost feel bad about it because here on the podcast, I am referred to as the eternal optimist. But, like, damn, I really need the Bucks to show me something this week. So we're getting into some score predictions as we wrap this thing up. I do think the Bucks lose. I think they drop their fifth game in a row to go to three and six, which is awful because the week after that, you don't have a very favorable matchup. So staring down the barrel of three and seven. Um I want to say it's a lower scoring game. I, I I've stuck with this score line a lot throughout the season. I think it's my go to, but I, I will do it again. I think the Titans come out on top off of a Nick Folk field goal 24 to 21 James your final score prediction
1: Yeah um I I will go ahead and say that the Bucks will bounce back in this situation um I do think it's going to be more of a low scoring game just because both teams have a kind of similar-ish blueprint of what they want to do on offense which is you know control the game with the run game in terms of just grinding out the clock, grinding out time of possession and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to say Bucks win 21 to 16 um, in a in a kind of a low scoring affair. Um, it's kind of a, a gritty kind of game, so to speak, is what I would say.
2: Yeah, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be more than frustrating. And uh, hopefully discipline doesn't become an issue because that already adds to the level of frustration that this team shows me week in and week out. Uh, Greg, what are you thinking for this game?
0: Well, I like where you guys are going in terms of the lower scoring. Vegas has this over under at 39 and a half, and I always like to look at those. Tampa Bay favored by a point at home, and as you guys alluded to, Tampa Bay has not been good at the pirate ship this year, and Tennessee has not been good away from Nissan Stadium. So something's got to give. I am going to go with Tennessee in this one. I do think this one hits the over. I'm going to go Tennessee 27, Tampa Bay 24. All right. I like that one. I mean, I don't. No, like you that don't. One, so I was obviously. gonna say you don't like that one. Yeah, you want Tampa Bay I, I, to win this game? No, I don't
2: like that one. I do want the Bucks to win. It, man, people are gonna listen to this and think I've already jumped ship. That is not the case. I'm just hey, know, I've it, done my it, job. There's only so much I can take. You know, I mean, we've done a lot of losing in the past. Don't get me wrong. The last time we talked to Greg, we were a week away from playing in the Super Bowl, so things were much different. Um, but before that, you know, we did four seasons of of coverage on a bad football team, and here we are. So, it's definitely not uncharted territory, but, you know, if the Bucks were three and five and they didn't lose four in a row, it would be easier to swallow. But, you know, it, it you just want to win one. You just want to win one. It's been over a month, close to a month and a half since I have seen the Bucks win a football game. So, I just need it. I, I, I need it. My soul needs it. My mentals need it. My chickens, you know, as Marshawn Lynch would put it, I got to get all my stuff together. And uh, hopefully a Buccaneers victory this Sunday will go a long way. But until me uh, until they show me otherwise, I just I can't pick them this week. So hopefully they can prove me wrong. Still polling for them, obviously, every single week. And uh, we will be here win, loser, draw live, youtube.com forward slash Cannon fire podcast after the game on Sunday. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe that's just about gonna do it for this week's game preview episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Big shout out to our friend Greg Larnard from ESPN Radio for uh, jumping on here with us and taking the time to help break this thing down. Greg, where can the people find you and your content?
0: Sure, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, I I don't want to hear it, Rep, because y'all have won a Super Bowl a lot more recently than (laughs) Tennessee has. Oh yeah, Tennessee has not won a Super Bowl. They've only been to one. So y'all have had much more success than we have had ever in our our franchise history. But anyways, so uh, yeah, people can find me over on The Word with G on ESPN Chattanooga 95.3. That's the ESPN Chattanooga mobile app, ESPNChattanooga.com. And find us all over social media at ESPN Chattanooga. Or if you want to find me, it's simple. It's at Greg Lawner. That's TikTok. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. All that good stuff. I really appreciate you guys having me. It's always good to see y'all's faces and chop it up with you guys and talk about this matchup. And I'm here anytime y'all want to talk Titans, or I can also talk Falcons too, because we cover the Falcons uh, as well. But uh, always happy to talk Titans with you guys and, and enjoy jumping on the podcast when we get the opportunity. Okay, yeah, great talking to you again, Greg. Uh,
2: you can find our show. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of those are Canon Fire Pod, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can go check out my co-host James on YouTube at Mr. Bucks Nation, where he puts out a lot of great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content week in and week out. James, anything special between now and the game on Sunday you have coming out?
1: Uh got the preview coming out. Obviously, I've got the game day reaction live stream coming out as well. Um, that's pretty much it. And then on Monday, I'll be having something with Bleacher Report talking about all the news regarding around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the game, so.
2: Will you be here on Sunday? I should be, yeah. (laughs) So you can count on James here live with us after the game, filling in for Evan Wanish, youtube.com forward slash Cana Fire podcast, win, lose, or draw after the game on Sunday. Last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter slash X at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday. I'm your host, Rick Matthews, signing off from my co-host, James Hill, and special guest, Greg Larnard of ESPN Radio Chattanooga. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks!